What's up, everybody? Welcome back in another edition of the First Orange Park podcast. Podcast, Ryan, it's podcast. I almost said Parker. It's not. That's my name. That's not the podcast. The First and Orange podcast, Parker Gabriel here, Ryan McFadden there, Denver Post, Broncos beat writers uh, coming to you. And Ryan, it's um, we're in the middle of a pretty crazy stretch here, five wins in a row. Uh, and then after like pretty legitimately four squeakers, close wins, two points over Green Bay, eh, handily, I guess they beat Kansas City, but then tight ones against Buffalo and, and Minnesota down to the last minute. Um Pretty thorough performance on Sunday afternoon against a pretty darn good Cleveland team here in Denver. Oh yeah, they, it, they, it was a it was a dominating performance uh, from the Broncos uh, on both sides. You, you look to the offensive line; they did a great job of stopping arguably the best pass pass defense in the league and containing Miles Garrett, who Sean Payton said multiple times is a defensive player of the year candidate. Defensively, they keep turning the ball over three turnovers again. And it got like, sometimes I wonder like, Oh, when is this going to stop? And then you get into a game, they keep, they keep it going. Yeah. And yeah. And then you got like, like the way PJ Locke was able to step in the, in the safety spot. He didn't, he didn't know until the morning of the game that he would play. And he, he like he didn't even miss a single step in the way he was, you know, he he was flying all over the field. So that it was like you said, against a really good, a really solid Cleveland Browns team. They put together a pretty dominating performance. Yeah, no doubt. Well, PJ Locke, I mean, he came out two of the first three plays. I mean, he oh, yeah. he had a breakup and a big hit, uh, second down, third down to force a three and out on the first series. It's interesting what you say about turnovers, Ryan, like 15 takeaways in the last four games, most by an NFL team in like 18 years, I think. And so it's really been uh, pretty remarkable in that regard. And it was funny after the game, um, Alex Singleton got asked about it in the locker room and somebody said basically that, like, you guys just keep taking the ball away. And he said, yeah, and it's we're going to keep taking it away. And I just think like it's one of those things that you don't have full control over that. Like obviously you 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 know you drill it and you work on it and it becomes part of your identity and and you can be good at it. Like there's defenses that are good at taking the ball away, defenses that aren't as good at it. But you you just like math says at some point you're not going to get three or four or five in a game. But it is interesting. Like of course the players on Denver's defense are confident, but there's also this, like, it's almost like if we just keep saying it's going to keep happening, um, it'll keep happening. It's like trying to manifest the, the takeover binge continue or the, the turnover binge continuing. So uh, yeah, 29 to 12, a little bit of everything, you know, not, I mean, Russell Wilson had 134 passing yards, um, but they ran it for 169, um, two rushing touchdowns after they'd only had, one rushing touchdown the entire season in the first 10 games. And just overall, I don't know what you thought, Ryan. I, it, to me, it seemed like a blueprint game. Like not every game in the NFL is going to unfold the same way, but the creativity they showed in the run game, the way, even though they were leaky in the run game in the first half, they they shut they shut it down for the most part in the second half, then, and they were playing from ahead, so Cleveland couldn't really run the ball as much as they wanted to. And then the takeaways, like this is basically – I think this was the best 60 minute encapsulation of kind of like who this Denver team is and sort of their, um, you know, recipe for winning games uh, so far this season, but especially going forward this season. I think, I think so. I think if, if they want to, if they want to keep this rolling and, and be, continue, excuse me, could continue to be in the playoff, I think this is the way you got to play football. Now it's not, 
yes, this is not the type of it's not the brand of football where you're going to see Russell Wilson, you know, sling the ball across the field, get you know, two ninety to three hundred plus yards a game. It's not like it's not that. And but this is winning football. You know, it, this is this is their their formula of success. Uh, and you saw it there the way they were able to get P. Ron going, uh, Javante Williams going. Which like when I was doing the uh, upon further review, when I was I looked, I did, had to do some research. I, the team is ten and three when Javante Williams gets fourteen or more carries since two thousand twenty one. Yeah. Which is which, which is pretty crazy, uh, but yeah, this is I think this is it, and you gotta like I think and it's something I feel like it can be sustained by, especially the way Shamaji Piran has been, has been playing lately. It was good to see it was good to see him uh, on on Sunday getting a lot more and getting a lot more carries in the backfield as well, in addition to you know out there uh, you know catching catching passes. But yeah, I I think this is it, and I this is what I think this is their identity. Uh, as an offense where, you know, you emphasize on the run game where you know, Russell Wilson, he might is the type of guy that, yeah, he's not going to throw for over 300 yards, but he's going to make the, he's going to be able to improvise, use his legs and make the plays when necessary. And, and he is someone that you, that to me, that you're confident in when the game, when the game gets tough in the final two minutes that you can, that you can rely on to get down the field. Yeah, no doubt. It's interesting. Like, so Russell Wilson, maybe just good to talk about him for a minute. Um, it's he's having a like essentially like a fascinating year. Um, he's got the second best passer rating in the NFL in the red zone. He's got the third best passer rating in the NFL on third and fourth down. So like just like you said, critical situations. He's been really good. He's made a lot of big plays. He's extended some plays. Yeah, he's you know he's scrambled himself into some sacks, but man, like he's made several that you can count like game altering type of plays in the pocket and outside the pocket, especially outside the pocket um, on money downs and, and in critical situations, he's got, he's a shade off the best completion percentage of his career. This obviously includes the decade in Seattle. Um, he's, you know, quarterback ratings North of a hundred. Um, he's got the best touchdown to interception ratio in the NFL 20 to four. And then also like he's averaging, the fewest yards per attempt, the fewest yards per completion, near the fewest yards per game, all while like otherwise playing pretty efficient football. So like the recipe, like you can tell watching they're they're playing. I don't want to say like it's not fully just like safe, but they're not going for the kill shot every play. Obviously, they're using the running backs a lot. He's throwing horizontal a lot. Uh, he's checking the ball down a lot. And it's working. Like the thing about it is they're, they're not the greatest show on turf. You know, they're not the, the 2014 Broncos where they're just lighting everybody up. Um, but they're playing pretty efficient football and they're not turning the ball over very often. And then in a game like Sunday against Cleveland, you see the legs too, where they use a little bit of the zone read stuff and he gets out and runs for a touchdown and creates some plays with his legs. And like, all of that is just like, it's not the sexiest thing out there, right? Like it's not, it's not show stopping, um, but it works. Yeah, it works. And I think that's the most important thing. We we've seen this team at, at, at its worst this year. Yep. So if the, if this is what it takes to continue to win and to continue to push yourself in the stand in the AFC standards, you gotta, you gotta keep it rolling. Like you can, you can't worry about, you know, be, being everyone's favorite offense to watch. You can't at this point, you can't do that. Like yeah. you have no room for that. This is, 
if this is the way you you're able to put points on the board, this is the way you're able to beat teams. Yeah, it seems old school, but if it's working, you got to keep it going, and you should, and you shouldn't like you know drift away from it. I like this is like I think that's one of the things where like throughout this year was trying to figure out. I think Sean Payton himself has been trying to figure out what is what is the identity of this offense. What is the identity of the group that I currently have? Uh, to me, this is it. Yeah. You you might have a situation where Cortland Sun might not have a, a thousand receiving yards, right? But he's still an effective wide receiver. He has made some pretty big plays, no doubt. Um, and you can't deny that. And then with and being able to use that running game, like when Javante Williams is on, he has he has been solid. Same with Shamaji Piron. So you, I feel like Sean Payton has. I think he has found his. I think he's found the identity of this offense. I don't know if he will like publicly say it yet. I he sound like he uh, to me he's the type of guy that I don't think he will admit it till till after the season's over. <laughs> um, but th- this is working, and yeah, it's it's not fun. It's not like you're not going to be on Sports Center all the time getting getting a ton of praise because you know you lost a four, uh, forty yard pass down the field, but you're in the playoff hunt. Yeah, and for me, that's what matters. And if this is what you're gonna, this is what you got to do to keep winning games, and you know, keep doing it. I was gonna say, you know, one way to end up on Sports Center a lot is be playing Wild Card Weekend. I mean, <laughs> you know, like that. That's that, and that ultimately not the Sports Center part, but the Wild Card Weekend or or the playoffs. Like that's obviously the goal, and they put themselves there. I think just one thing that's interesting, Ryan, is like even on so like on defense. Let, let's take the defense because I think like there might've been a bigger transition than I, we like maybe even the, the players and coaches um, sort of like gave credence to this off season. Like the narrative, the entire off season was it should be a smooth transition from Ejiro Avero to Vance Joseph. They were sort of marrying the language and all of this. And like, even still, they got off to such a horrible start. It wasn't just that, like it was a bunch of things, but as they've got going, some guys have said like, yeah, I mean, it wasn't just like, here's the playbook and everybody knows everything in it. There's still an adjustment period. So I want to, I want to give the offense some credit and some, some, some leash in the sense that like it was going to take time for an offensive line with two new guys, plus a left tackle who missed the last nine games of more than the, yeah, nine games, more than that um, 11 games last year to a broken leg. Like it was going to take that group some time to learn each other, to gel, to get into rhythm like it was going to take Russell Wilson, who's playing in his third offense in as many years, you know, veteran that he is, um, some time to get comfortable. He's probably still getting comfortable. Um, all that. But like the thing that's so interesting about this, like they figured out, finally figured out what the identity is, is like this is what it was supposed to be all along. Like literally from the day Sean Payton was hired, it was hey, we're going to run the football you know, take Russ off the high dive, you know, make it simpler for him. Um, let's not, let's not go for the kill shot every play. Let's play sort of within the game and within the structure. Um, and then they went out and spent all that money on the offensive line and free agency. Like we've arrived at the point where you can sort of say like, this is who the Broncos offense is. And what's interesting about it is that it took a while to get there, even though it's not like they started down one path and then they changed it at least from what they said, like all along, this was what it was supposed to look like. And now um, sort of like from the midpoint of the season on um, it is what it's looked like. And, and it works pretty well. 
Yeah, it, it has. It, it's, it really has. And like, I'm not surprised. Like, I, I'm not the type of person that's surprised that this is their identity because, like you said, Sean Payne had like alluded to this in the pre in, in the off season that they were going to be a run heavy team. They were going to, you know, they were going to they were going to run. They were going to run the football. That was their emphasis. That's why you know you you added the guys on on the offensive line. That's why you you brought in Shamaj uh, P. Ryan because. He's one of those guys you can rely on as a third down back, not only that, but in the passing game as well. So you knew they were going to emphasize on those running backs a lot. So it's just that, like, it's funny how, like, it's been, it's, it's come together at the, at the right time. You yep. kind of wonder, like, if it would have came together, uh, like a couple months before, like a couple months earlier, how would this, how would their record look and how would the season look? Um, but yeah, this is, this, this is it. This is your, to me, this is, the Broncos offense under Sean Payton. And I, it'll be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how, like how, how the rest of this season plays out uh, yeah. because it's, it's working. And then if it continues to do so, it's, it's crazy because like, they're going to, if they're able to get into the playoffs and in, in this, in this style of fact, it's not like the way this type of offense is pretty, it's pretty, um, that's to me, it's pretty remarkable, especially in the day and age of football we're in today. Yeah, no doubt. And also, I mean, like this obviously putting the cart way ahead of the horse, but Ryan, like if they make the wild card, there's first of all, you'd like it if they were playing in Baltimore. That'd be a good, <laughs> that'd be a trip home. Uh, that would be fun. Plus, Baltimore's got one of the best press box views like in the NFL. So that would be sweet. I don't know if that's a great matchup for them, but it's a long way away. So, you know, we won't worry about that now. But two of them, like Kansas City for obvious reasons, um, you know, like the rubber match after they finally broke the streak. But nothing would be better than Miami. Like, just no, nothing would be better than them rebounding from a one and five start and the depths of, you know, the, the as embarrassing as it gets when the Dolphins put 70 points on them um, in September. The prospect of them, like going back down there for a, you know, two seven or three six matchup would just be, it would be beautiful. Like, it would be every uh, storyline, every sort of like full circle arc. Uh, redemption story you could possibly imagine. So, uh, you know, if the football gods decide there's a playoff run in in the cards here for the Broncos, if they go out there and take it, like at least do us the solid then of also uh, having the wild card round be in South Florida. That'd be pretty sweet. It'd be crazy. It's like it's kind of it'll be one of like those like like you said those storybooks type of uh, uh, of seasons. If that's like you you have a chance to like get your revenge on a team back. Literally gave you one of the worst losses in franchise history. Yeah, you have your chance to get your revenge in in the playoffs. I like th that's some stuff you see. In, like that's some stuff you like you see in a movie. Like, yeah, in, like yeah. in a like a Disney sports film that you're able to <laughs> come back and get your revenge. And like Sean Payne was able to like pull like, and the rest of the coaches that was able to get like turn these guys around and you know get them to play winning football. Like that's a storybook. Um, to me, that's like a storybook. Um. Uh, type of season and I, I always say this I say if the Broncos do like we, we still have a lot of football left and is it like it's no like you got you have to give them credit for them to get to this point where at the same time you got to understand that this still can go two ways they can either like it could fall apart or you know they can keep it going but to me I feel like if if Sean Payne was, is able to get this team to place on um, postseason I wonder if we're going to get uh the kind of like Deion Sanders post game uh speech after he beat TCU where he was asking reporters do you believe because like because i know a lot of us <laughs> um 
were questioned like this team went through a lot from like you know talks of rebuilds and now it's like yeah. boom they're in the place postseason. Yeah, Sean Payton could have a second bad sports movie after uh, Home <laughs> Team or whatever. I, I don't actually know if it's bad. I never I never watched it. Um, so yeah, it, it's funny. Like it's one of those where you know the um, you know the uh, the old sports cliche like nobody believed in us except for us. Like that would be a case where that is pretty legitimately true. Like like eh, that gets embellished sometimes. But when they were one in five, I mean what reason would anybody have had to look at the way that they'd played, especially defensively? It's like, you always figured they'd get better. I mean, I said that all, like, I think I said that all along and on the radio or, or whatever, when it comes up, like, yeah, you're not going to give up 40 a game for the whole season. Like it was going to, they were going to rebound a little bit, but not, I mean, not, nobody saw it like this. And Sean Payton even talked about this on Monday. It's like, when you're one in five, you can't think about, Hey, we need a five game winning streak. Like you just got to figure out a way to win a game. You know, you got to figure out a way to beat Green Bay. And then once that happens, then you think about the next one. And then they got Kansas City. They got that monkey off the back. And then, like, after the bye week, I think it was, is when Sean Payton said, okay, now what the team has to learn is how you run off a big, a, a hot, a really hot stretch, you know, of several weeks. And so, like, they've done that now, five in a row. And just like you said, Ryan, I mean, there's not – really any room for them to let up at this point which gets us to houston this weekend it's a big one the broncos and texans are six and five both um they're tied with indianapolis at this point for what would be the last spot in the afc playoffs seven seed tiebreakers i mean indy has it right now i think the order at the moment is indy houston denver doesn't really matter because there's six weeks of football left and obviously the broncos and texans play this week so the fact of the matter is, like, if you mess around, like I was looking just a few minutes ago at the New York Times, um, sort of like playoff predictor model, with a win, the Broncos are north of 50% odds. And if they lose, it's like 15%. So pretty much says what is clear, just looking at the matchup, like this is a big one uh, on Sunday in Houston. And it's a couple teams, um, like whoever wins this game is – has work left to do, but it's in good shape. And whoever loses this game has a really steep climb to try to to try to crack the field. Yeah, I think to me, I think the craziest thing about this matchup is like who would have thought like this would be that this matchup between the Broncos and Texans would like have playoff implications for both teams. I think that's that's the crazy part. Maybe like maybe some may have thought like it probably had playoff implications for the Broncos side, but for the fact that it's the Texans right. and the Broncos, I yeah. think to me. I like that that that's that that's pretty that's pretty insane. I would have never expected that. I would never expect that this matchup would be like a lot riding on the line for either either ball club. But yeah, this this is a big one. This is a big one. And you know, this is this is a Texas team that you cannot sleep on. They got arguably, even as a rookie, one of the best quarterbacks in the league in CJ Stroud. So you're going to they're no joke. Um, but yeah, it's to me, I think it's gonna be a fun and it's gonna be a competitive matchup. Yep, no doubt. Right, right before you started the spring, Ryan, when they were going through the coaching search, too. Another wrinkle, and it, this would be—I think the storyline would be like bigger if the teams were in different positions. Um, but you know, the, the 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 Broncos' coaching search really did come down to Sean Payton, uh, Jim Harbaugh, at, who stayed at Michigan, and then D'Amico Ryan's, who took the Houston job. Um, family ties there. Obviously, he played there, and like just taking away like the Broncos' um, element of it, like. It's a great story. He was a captain there. He goes back. 
you know, he's a head coach, first time head coach after a successful stint, um, you know, fast riser up through the ranks in San Francisco. Um, and then they take CJ Stroud and, and it just works right away. Like, you know, Stroud plays really well. They've clearly taken on sort of like D'Amico Ryan's, you know, mentality as a group. Um, and it all looks, the future looks really bright down there um, with, with that group. And so, you know, if you're looking long-term, maybe it's something where this, it's not the last time these teams play, um, you know, with, with something real on the line, but, you know, for this year, it's really sort of a tale of, of two coaches in their first years with their respective franchises who have found um, different, but effective ways to sort of like get a franchise jumpstarted, right? Like, veteran coach, veteran quarterback in Denver with Sean Payton and Russell Wilson, rookie head coach, rookie quarterback in Houston with, with D'Amico Rines and CJ Stroud. And uh, the bottom line is it should be a really good game. Yeah. And I think, I think it's going to be a close one too. I really think so. Cause, cause a lot, there's a lot riding into this matchup. And when you got matches like that, you know, everyone's going to be playing with a, with a, with a ton, with a ton of fire. And I think it's, it's going to be fun. I, I'm looking forward to seeing, see, watching CJ Stroud. You know, I was a fan of his game back in Ohio State and the way he's been able to light the NFL on fire just in one in his first year. Uh cause you wanna if like maybe he should have been the guy that been should been taken first overall. Yeah. That's how that's how well he's been playing. Like this And Carolina's head coach just got <laughs> fired this week. So it's sort of like the top two picks, you know, Bryce Young might be a really good player in, in time, but like the of the top two picks right now, like it's going really good in Houston and not so good in Carolina. Yeah, and and that team has a like, you know, they they added some cornerstones in the draft in Stroud and Will Anderson. And I, I'm really looking forward. And then you got the rookie yeah. Tank Dell, who's been having a solid year as well. I'm really looking forward to see what, you know, what the Mika Ryan's, CJ Stroud, what they can build in Houston. But yeah, to see like both both teams are able to try to like turn their franchise around a bit in in a different ways. One with rookie head coach, with a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback, other with a veteran. A veteran super winning coach and a veteran super winning um, quarterback. I think it's, it's it's interesting, but I'm looking forward to this. Game. I'm looking for. I'm really looking forward to this game. Yeah, no doubt. Well, that's a big one, and uh, and it's interesting too, Ryan. I was looking. I was writing about Nick Bedino earlier today, and like it struck me that two things about the matchup in particular. One, Denver's faced a bunch of really good defenses recently. Like I don't know. I feel like maybe it's gone a little bit underappreciated the run that they've been on, uh, the teams they've beaten in terms of like Kansas City's in the top ten. Buffalo's like right around, maybe just outside the top 10. Same for Minnesota. And then Cleveland's been the best defense in the NFL. So like, I think, you know, Houston's got some talent on defense, but they're not, they haven't performed like those other teams, especially, you know, Cleveland and Kansas City so far this year. So you think like maybe things loosen up a little bit um, in terms of Denver's offense. And then conversely, just like we've been talking about with Stroud, Houston's been one of the most effective teams throwing the ball in the NFL this year. I think they're fifth in the NFL and in EPA per per pass. And so like you've just got not only is it a great matchup and not only does it matter for for playoff purposes and not only is it like the most impactful game that Denver's played here in a couple of years on that front, but also like it's just a very different matchup than what we've seen um, in terms of like the Broncos and who they're playing over the course of this winning streak, which makes it sort of like a interesting changeup. Yeah, it is. And and you hit the point there. Like you got to get the Broncos some credit because they're able to win games against some really, really like some really solid defenses. So yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see like, you know, 
kind of what Sean Payne's game plan is going to be uh, going into this matchup. I believe him not. I think Houston is like 27th in the league in yards and yards and passing yards allowed. So I wonder if, you know, if they're going to see if they're going to let, if they're going to keep what they're going to do or are they going to let, you know, Russell Wilson air the ball out just a little bit more uh, to take advantage of their against, against, um, excuse me, Houston's pass defense. But yeah, uh, and that's what one goes back to the turnovers. Like, you know, CJ Stroud, uh, he had that uh, he had that three interception uh, game like not too long ago. But for the most part, he's not a guy that's gonna you you don't expect to like throw a ton of interceptions or he's gonna like you're not gonna expect him to turn the ball over like that. So, I, I that's one of the things I'm looking forward to see. Like, will Denver's like you know multi turnover streak continue against this Houston team? Uh, Whether Maybe it might have to come in the in the fumble department, but I don't know if it's because CJ Stroud is is overall has been pretty solid in terms of not, you know, throwing the ball in, in the other team's hands. Yep, no doubt. Houston also is in one of those stretches. I mean, it's the way of the world in the NFL, but uh, one, two, three, four, last six games have been decided by, you know, one score. Um, three-point loss. They're coming off a three-point loss against Jacksonville. Arizona, Cincinnati, Tampa, Carolina, New Orleans. Or just go back down the list. I mean, seven in a row they've played within one score. Broncos, as Broncos fans know, you know, outside of this game and this past game and 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 Kansas City, um, you know, it's been a lot of close games too, um, going back really to to week three. So um, it's uh, it sets up to be one of those games. And you know, if you're Denver, if you're any team in the NFL, all you can ask is is that you're playing meaningful football um in december and and onward and that's that's right where the broncos are just like uh just like we all thought when they started one and five so it's going to be a good one ryan before we go obviously um got to get your pick you've been on a roll i have not been in terms of uh figuring this team out so you go first and then i'm just definitely not going to just say the same thing that you said i'm gonna go with i originally picked i, I originally picked the texans to win this game but I'm gonna ch- I'm gonna change it up. I, I I just like the way Houston. I mean, excuse me. I just like the way Denver has been playing lately. Yeah. On both sides of the ball, especially on defense, they they, they play hard and they, you know it's it's I, like they haven't they haven't proven me otherwise and they're playing with a ton of momentum right now. So I'm gonna go Broncos are gonna win this game. It's gonna be really close. I, I think I'm gonna go 27, 27, 24 Broncos. Yep, that's funny. I was, I was, I'm not just saying this because I said I was going to. Uh, I similar. I mean, I think, like, I, I sort of battle two things. One is like, the streak's going to end at like it. The the likelihood is it's going to end at some point, right? And like, this is a tough one. You're going on the road, played for the last five at home. Um, but on the other hand, like early in the season, I said you got to sort of see it to believe it to pick the Broncos to win. And and at this point, like. You know, I think you can say that on the other side of the coin, like the team's just figured out ways, obviously, to win. Um, they haven't lost since October 12th. I mean, you're pushing toward a month and a half. So um, they get a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, which is an amazing thing to say after the way the season started. So uh, I'm with you. I like, you know, I like 28, 24. Um, I think just sort of like you said, a little bit more scoring, a little bit more open. Um, looks like that would probably hit the over if you were speculating as to, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, a good one. And uh, for now, let's say the Broncos find a way to run it out to six, get to seven and five on the season. And then it'd be pretty darn interesting uh, going to LA to, to play the Chargers after that. Yeah, if they get this, to me, I think if they get this under five, 
Like you really got to consider them, especially with, with what they have lied ahead a lot. What they have, who, who they, excuse me, what they have to deal with after the Texan game. You got to play, you still got to play the, you got to play the Vegas, Las Vegas at the end of the season. You still got two matches against LA. To me, the way the Broncos are playing, I think they should knock LA in both games. I think they should be able to knock off the Chargers both games. Don't know if it will happen, but when you, when you look at the way both teams are trending, there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to, in some way or fashion, beat the Chargers twice. Yep. And then you got you got the Patriots, and they have their they. I, I don't even know who 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 is going to be their starting quarterback come Christmas Eve. So, yeah. um, and that's another match. I feel like Denver. That's another one. I think Denver should be able to win, and then. Detroit, maybe they could pull it off. We saw what Green Bay was able to do on Thanksgiving against Detroit. So I uh, like I don't like I, I I'm still favoring the Lions in that matchup, but I, that's one of those matchups where it's like if they figure out a way to beat them, then you're not surprised because you just saw like you saw what Green Bay was able to do against uh, Detroit. So it's not like they're gonna go into that matchup with like like heavy underground dogs. Right. Uh, it's something they could they have a shot to be able to, they have a chance. So you look at the schedule, it's, it's crazy because at, at early in the season, you would have thought if they didn't have this type of opportunity, and now they do, and it's like you go to these, you look at these these remaining games that they have really a shot to actually do this thing, which is, yep. to me, I think is crazy. The fact that they are sick, if you would have told me, I, I would have thought you were crazy if you would have told me at one and five, or even after week three, if they allowed 70 points to, um, the Miami that excuse me, after week three, yeah, after week three against yep. Miami, that they were that they would be six and five in a playoff. Run. I thought you were crazy just from what we saw and just like the way the defense was playing. Like, yep. I, I knew they were, I, I knew they were going to get better. I knew they were going to be a team that allowed 40, 40 points a game, but I didn't think it was going to be like this where you're watching them turn during three or four takeaways a game. I think it's it's pretty remarkable and just. This 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 team does they believe they believe in themselves and they, they're fighting man like yep. they, they, they Denver have some fighters on this team and it's gonna be interesting to see how they be able to do it but yeah if they get to seven to five I think it, it's on I, I'll yep. say that I think it's on because to me I think when you look at the schedule there's there's certain games on there like there's no reason why this team should lose if everyone is healthy and they're playing the level they've been playing yep no doubt I mean that's you know division games especially division road games always tough. Um, Vegas and SoFi Stadium, uh, as you will see later this season, Ryan. I mean, they're beautiful venues. Uh, there's a lot of visiting fans in those buildings all the time, and definitely when the Broncos come to town. So, you know, you take some of the – you're not playing at Arrowhead and, you know, un- under the lights or anything like that. So, yeah, there's plenty of opportunity ahead. Obviously, uh, we will cover it all for you, you can read everything Ryan and I, plus Kiz, Keeler, everybody else at the Denver Post writes, denverpost.com slash Broncos for all the latest. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. If you're on YouTube, we will talk to you next week.